Hello and welcome to another fun-filled nonsense retrospective. I'm your host as always, Rick. Joining me equally as always is Devin. Hello. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about The Simpsons again. We've picked out some individual episodes to talk about in a bit of length, but before we get too far into that, let's go with our time-honored tradition of the nonsense asinine hypothetical. And do you have one for me today? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a low-brow one. Not low-brow, low-effort post, as it were, but it's talking instead of posting. I'm going to get on with it. Rick, there is an episode of The Simpsons that exists where both Homer and Lisa end up being put in these weird tank things that let them live their fantasy lives. Congratulations, you get to go in one for an hour. What would you hope for it to show you and let you experience? Well, it's a kind of thing where it doesn't give you a fantasy life, it just lets your imagination run wild to a degree. Okay, but um, I've described it as such, so that's what you're getting. It's not real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, just take my prompt and run with it. Don't be all technical and fancy about it. Don't think about it at too hard. I just like the idea of having it be, you know, one of those dreams that lasts a lifetime, and then you wake up. I'd kind of want one of those, but I can remember it, you know? Come on, but give me a bit more detail than that, my friend. So, well, say for instance, like, I get isekai'd, and I have no control over things apart from the fact that I'm in control once I'm there, you know? So, I'd like to experience a whole nother life within the confines of the pod, as myself in a separate world, as it were. Do you have any ideas for a separate world? Uh, Well, I'd, I'd kind of like some kind kind of fantasy world but you know it's uh i would like it to be so out of my control that i wouldn't be able to just pick off on the spot but come on a general a general idea a bit more general than just fantasy because fantasy encompasses so goddamn much okay but like what is the isekai trash fantasy of um you start in a village you're you may or may not be the chosen one you start learning magic um right you want happen so less isekai more final fantasy <laughs> yeah yeah and um there may or may not be a harem that you build up <laughs> it may or may not be consensual on your part. <laughs> Man. Again, I this is so your fantasy. You're, you're in control here. You're, you're leaving a lot of elements up to random chance for no real reason. Well, here's the thing. I would like it to be a surprise. So, um, Defeating the entire you. nature of the question. <laughs> Yeah, but like I say, the, the thing that I want is a, a whole life's worth of dream condensed into this one hour. I like rapid hallucinations. Yeah, there might be a few skip forwards, but in general, I want there to be a a rich and memorable experience that I can carry with me longer than you can carry a dream with you for the like 14 seconds that it sticks with you before you forget. Unless it's a nightmare, and then it haunts you until oh, yeah. the end of your days. Oh yeah, man, jeez. <laughs> But yeah, how about you? What would you do if you were in a floaty pod? Oh, this really is lowbrow. Like, uh, if I've got full control, it's like, cool, how many anime characters can I fuck in an hour? (laughs) It's the condensing it into an hour which I think limits the question. Because obviously if you're stuck in there for an extended period of time, you've got endless possibilities. But if it's an hour, either that or fight a dragon. Yeah, or combine the two. Oh, yeah, fight a dragon and then you get to fuck the dragon. True bard spirit. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, again, it's not a very sophisticated answer, I realise, but that's probably what my ideal goal would be. Yeah, would you like to fight the dragon with your um, known skill set, or do you want to have bullshit fantasy powers? What known skill set? I've got a bow and arrow. I can shoot accurately from about 30 feet away, which is not that far. (laughs) 
Yeah, probably less than the Dragon's Breath. <laughs> it's definitely less than the Dragon's Breath if we go by D&D rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, again, I'd rather not fight. I'd rather take the first option, but I, I wanted to give a bit more of an elaborate answer than none. So, <laughs> Sure, sure. Uh, what uh, about so you? I suppose one... it's your turn for to ask a question. Yeah, my one for you is uh, the Simpsons have had a lot of celebrity guests. They started out as always being characters and then it devolved into, oh, they just end up as themselves, which is something they wanted to avoid early, in earlier seasons. I think the most egregious example is Lady Gaga, right? Yeah, yeah, the Lady Gaga one. Just because it's an advert for being Lady Gaga. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Why are you saying it like that? Because that sounds like someone's joke you've stolen. (laughs) Man, I can't remember who who did it, but it just sounds correct at this point. Okay. Um, so, can you think of a celebrity that you'd really like to see on The Simpsons, and would you rather see them as a gag character who is the focus of the episode, or just as themselves? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. The problem is, I don't know who's already been on The Simpsons and who hasn't. Okay, mini disclaimer. There are more episodes of The Simpsons than I have brain cells, so... I don't think that's you... technically accurate, but I get the point you're making. <laughs> yeah, um, if you pick someone who's already been on, then you get a free pass, because there's no way of knowing every single one. Without going on the Simpsons wiki right now, which I'm not doing. <laughs> yeah, no, a uh, bit of behind the scenes, guys. It's hot as fuck in the UK, and the reason why we're doing a Simpsons episode is because they're short. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And all the homework all the homework we have to do is watch an episode that we probably enjoyed the first time. Yeah, guess what? Watching the Simpsons is a lot less enjoyable when you pause it every minute. <laughs> True. True. Um, as for the question, I'm not really sure, to be honest. It's one of those... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, uh, just to pull a random name because I'm 100% sure he's not been on The Simpsons I would pick um, one Joaquin Broden and by extension the rest of Sabaton cool I'd involve <laughs> and I'll tell you what the perfect bit would be is they would be hanging out in Herman's Antiques for a cut away, for a two second background gag just yeah just buying some like buying some ammunition for their stuff. fake tank <laughs> yeah authentic authentic memorabilia and ammunition for the fake tank yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh gee, like I think that would be perfect I really do like you could give them voice lines you could not but what's the point in having a cameo if you're not going to give them a voice yeah it's one of those where you probably give uh, lines to Joachim but uh, not to the others maybe you could give uh, I think Joachim and Pa are the two who would actually talk because they're the only two they're the two OG members of the band so uh, sure they tend to be the ones who do interviews but the whole band is wacky and fun Um, and the reason why I say (laughs) this would be an okay gag is I remember when Metallica had a guest spot they were literally on for like five seconds with Otto Mm-hmm. So, like, it works. It's been precedent. Anyway, how about you, Rick? Because I assume you've had a bit more time to think about this than I have. Yeah, I just want comedians to just be characters for an episode. I think Richard Ayoade's had one, but I don't think Stephen Fry has. Um, so Ooh. I'd like Stephen Fry to be, say, quite often Bart or Lisa goes to another school for an episode. Yeah. I'd quite like him to be Lisa's um, school teacher for an episode thing, even though they've done it before. Like, they keep recycling the same plot. Like, I, I think I said recently that they just did Krusty clown college again but this time it was an actual college run by clown uh, like the first episode um, was it was funny the, the, the second the premise of it actually being a proper school is like it kind of ruins the gag because Krusty only did it to make a quick buck oh he's doing the same he's doing it to make a quick buck this time it's just that last time it was for um, it was for $48 <sighs> the worth of debt here's $2 <laughs> I can't believe it. good episode but dumb <laughs> 
that year. But yeah, I think Stephen Fry would be a good one. Um, not least because there's other things that you can pull in from his career that you could uh, lampoon. Like, with him being the voice of Harry Potter in audiobook form, you can have the school look a bit like a Harry Potter school, and then uh, he just clarifies that, no, that's just a fantasy novel. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a gag. That, uh, re- that sounds pretty good. Uh, depending on how light-hearted he, he treats it, uh, you could also have it ultimately be a, sh- a foolish scheme to steal debit cards. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Stephen uh, Stephen Crime. <laughs> Stephen Crime. <laughs> uh, St- Stephen Fry did uh, did did partake in the criminal activities in his youth. I believe he cloned either cloned or just straight up stole debit cards. <laughs> oh man, you could take it a step further. It's to steal people's debenhams cards, and he's forgotten that it's gone out of business already. I don't think that joke would be appreciated by very many people. Oh well, yeah, because debenhams is just in the UK only, isn't it? That's the problem. And also, I'm from the UK, and I couldn't give less of a fuck about debenhams. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah, yeah. So the audience for that joke is you and maybe Stephen Fry himself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can see it happening, I can see it working. But yeah, let's get into our episodes. So, do you want to start with me? Do I want to start with uh, uh, Rick, it's your show. <laughs> I insist you go first. Okay, so my episode is a sequel episode. Oh. It, it is called Brother, Can You Spare Two Dimes? I'm not familiar with this one, t- I don't think. Do you want to take a wild guess at what season this was? I don't know what season it was, but considering you've told me there's only been two 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 parters, and the other one was Who Shot Mr. Burns. This is the one that involves Lovejoy, right? No, no. This one is a uh, it's a sequel episode, not a two parter. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I w- it's, uh, it's the return of Herbert Powell. Oh yeah, okay. I do know this episode. Sure, I'm going to say this episode was about 2002. Uh, almost exactly ten years out. Actually, it is exactly ten years out. 2012, season three. Wait, what? 1992, season three. You said it was a follow up episode. Yeah, because apparently the first one was in season two. I was astounded that something like this was so early in production. This is the one after he's lost his business and he comes back and crashes with the Simpsons for a while, right? Yes. Wow, I thought this was way after the fact. Okay. It felt way after the fact when we were watching it for the first time because, you know, you had to wait week by week. But, uh... Well, Rick, but, but don't yeah, forget, the... I'm, we've got two different perspectives here because you would have been able to watch it at the time. I was one. <laughs> sure. Wait, hang on, what month was <laughs> well, it? Well, it was, uh, August 1992. I was... Hang on a second. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August... I was two months old <laughs> and yes if I do want to know what, when, how far a month is after a month I do have to do the whole month order in my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, <coughs> I also didn't watch it when it was new because we also, we didn't have uh, Sky TV until you know like the noughties oh, and uh, even then we only got the Simpsons after it started coming on TV in like the late 90s yeah um, but, uh, but yeah this was a really nice way to revisit Herbert Powell, he's, as you said, he's become a hobo as a result of the um, actions of the first episode in which he was uh, featured, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where Homer created the Homer. Which, by the by, is one of the funniest fucking cars ever. Yes. <laughs> I, I, Apparently I, in universe it's, beca- it's become such a cult classic of something that is so garbage and yet the people that have one really love them. Yeah, it makes sense, it makes yeah. sense. It's also one of the cars that they featured in Hit and Run, the video game, and rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah why wouldn't you in something like that like it would it's just it's just leaving fun on the table if you leave that out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a separate bubble dome to keep uh, <laughs> to keep the children away from you so they don't drive you drive you insane what was it what was it in the in the original episode where it's like uh, Americans don't want uh, such and such they want uh, reliability and good gas mileage he just cut to Herbert screaming going see you're not asking him what he wants you're telling him what he wants yep <laughs> and uh, yeah it turns um, out the average American you should probably not listen to and sorry uh, that sounds like a dig at Americans the average person but specifically American in the context of Simpsons yeah it's one of those like the um, what was it um, on Scrubs they said a person can be intelligent but people are fucking morons uh, that's been in black sure it's sure. Uh, it's uh, Tommy Lee Jones talking to Will Smith it's like a person is, is intelligent people are dumb that's oh, what yeah, that's, the, the, that's um, why we can't tell the world about aliens existing yeah the um, the, the Scrubs ones was with people are bastards bastard covered bastards with a bastard filling I'm gonna assume that was Dr. Cox yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, it starts with Herb in his uh, in his hobo town uh, underpass bridge. Oh wait, no, it doesn't. It starts with uh, Homer having his physical, showing turning out that he's gone sterile, and the comparison is to Smithers' sperm, which are all, which all look like Smithers and are all uh, going around orderly, whereas Homer's are bumping heads with each other, and one of them's asleep. Oh right, I've... and uh, yeah, they they, um, they have to give him they, they wafted an amount of money under his nose to sign away the right to sue them. Which, let's be honest, if you did want to sue them, Burns has got enough time and money that he can just bleed Homer out even he, when he's in the right. Yeah, but this is cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Except the, the, by the time the Toothy Awards show, it probably isn't. <laughs> The first annual Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievements in the Field of Excellence. Hmm. And uh, they get Joe Frazier to present the award. The boxer? And he, yeah. Huh. So there are two celebrity guests on this episode. Joe Frazier and uh, Danny DeVito. Uh, I'm gonna, and, does uh, Danny DeVito play Herb then? Or? Yeah, Danny DeVito is Herb. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, man, when I was watching it, all I could think of was his more recent role as The Satan. Devil? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I keep I kept imagining him just break it breaking up from anything he was saying into Maximus Dornus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, because Homer has very obviously won this $2,000, which is nothing by today's standard, um, it got into the paper, Herb sees it on the paper, and he, he thinks, okay, now is my chance to not just get my revenge, but actually get real payback, borrow this money, all I need is an idea, and uh, the other hobos go, well, we've all got ideas, and he goes, okay, okay, you need an idea and money to get it off the ground, and that's when he uh, he goes to he goes to Springfield, darting out at the Flanders house, who feed him and clothe him and rub his sores and give him a suit. Yeah. And then he goes next door to Homer and punches him in the face immediately. <laughs> yeah, to be... I mean, that, that's a dick move if you're planning on borrowing money off of him. Uh, sort of, not even borrowing. Like he's, He says borrowing, but he, he is, his intent is to just steal it and fuck off. Um, but to be fair to Herb, with him, uh, with him in, in respect to him being like, oh, you need an idea and you need money to get off, off the ground, um, it might be easy for some people to forget, but one of the big deals when you first meet Herb in the first episode is he's already done this once. Yeah, he worked his way from the bottom and made his way to the top so much that he was able to make the company his company. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, he's he has been scrubbing toilets and mopping up vomit. Like he's no stranger to doing hard work. Mm-hmm. But um, and he, and he's also obviously intelligent and creative by the fact that he's able to make the prototype that he does within a month. Yeah, I don't know what the prototype is or what he's inventing in this episode because it's been too long. The thing that he's inventing is a baby translator, and he only gets the idea once he's been with the family, specifically 
Marge and Maggie just bombing around during the day, and Marge doesn't know what Maggie wants because she's being fussy, uh. and that's his idea. He's a that, that, he, that he, if he makes a baby translator, then every every mother in America is going to want one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that being said, you'll have some stubborn mothers who okay. Here, here's what will happen: is people will buy it and love it, but there'll be a percentage of people who don't buy it, not because they don't think it'll be useful, but because they'll pull that card of, well, you're not a real mum if you don't put up with the hardships. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, not to be rude, but the amount of times, and it blows my fucking mind that you see on, like, Facebook groups, and uh, less so, but still occurs, Reddit groups, of people being like, oh, if you had a C-section birth, you're not a real mum, and it's like, fuck off. Yeah. It's, it gets even worse, like, if you took any painkillers during birth, you're not a real woman, kind of things. It's, it's just absolutely ghastly, the amount of um, bullying people do, like, just to drag someone else down. Like, I don't think it can be understated that the most painful natural thing a human being can endure is childbirth and to say, oh, well, you shouldn't refuse painkillers. Oh, fuck you. If you don't want painkillers, that's fine. That's on you. Don't give other people shit for it. Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, the reasons that people would die in childbirth is not from the damage. It's because your brain gets overloaded with pain and just shuts down because it thinks it's dead. I don't know if that's accurate, but I'm not going to contest it. One of the reasons. I, I don't know if that's accurate. I'm not going to contest it. That's fine. Uh, sure. Let's move on from uh, the subject that we're probably not the best equipped to talk about. Oh, definitely not equipped in any way. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like the reason that her punches Homer is he's like, oh, I've got so many mixed emotions. He's my brother. He's my only brother. But he, he screwed me out of all the money that I ever had. And then he opens the door and immediately uh, rage takes over, socks him in the face. But the thing that I think is really heartwarming is that apart from Homer, he's really um, like considerate and fun with the rest of the family. Like He, he, he slots straight back into Uncle Herb or Unky Herb as it was. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I will say though is like uh, Herb's got a shoulder at least some of the blame himself here. Yeah. Like, yeah because he gave um, he gave full reign to someone who he was witnessing be an idiot. Like it's nepotism. Like he assumed yeah. that because Homer is his brother he must be as skilled and as good as Herb is and therefore it should be safe to do this thing. Like, Homer shouldn't even be in the nuclear power plant. No. Not even as a janitor and here he is as the safety inspector. Actually he might not have been a safety inspector in season 3. I don't know. Oh, it was it was like really early on in season one that he became the safety inspector. Okay. It was like, um, in fact, it's Smithers' first appearance when he becomes the safety inspector. Fair enough. Then. Black Smithers. Yeah. Yeah, that um, that stuck around for one episode before it got changed. He wasn't even black um, though. He was a very weird shade that was neither black nor anything else really. <laughs> very very hard to determine he, what the fuck he was meant to be. He wasn't yellow, and his um, his grey hair was more blue than normal. Yeah, but he also looked like um, he also looked like a kind of a slightly darker Hans Mole Man rather than an actual black person. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Like, if you put like, old he, school he's... Smithers next to Lenny, you know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of stands out, but I don't think they ever stood it next to each other. So, anyway, I'm probably digressing. I'm just pointing out that it, Smithers was a weird colour. I assume you meant Carl. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I meant the black one, and my brain defaulted to Lenny for some reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, they develop the thing. Homer wants to buy a chair instead of lending it to Herb. But um, once everything goes well, um, Herb gives gifts to everyone in the family. Uh, Lisa gets uh, a monthly subscription to like high class literature for the rest of her life. Huh. Marge gets a new washer and dryer, mm-hmm. and he, he sold the old ones for fifty bucks to uh, to Moe's Tavern where they get raced. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, some of the Mo fucking cutaway jokes are the best. Stupid dryer, you always lose. <laughs> Ha 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 ha. 
um barney earlier in the episode gets into a fight with joe frazier and uh gets his shit pushed in rightly so and uh, next next we see him he's um he's face down in a bin thinking man that was awesome and he's found a he found a peanut at the bottom of the bin <laughs> and um maggie gets given the choice of anything she wants because she's the one that, uh, that gave him his fortune back and uh she got she does some babbling and then the translator goes i want what the dog is eating <laughs> and uh, and bart gets a membership card to the nra uh, that's the national rifle association isn't it yeah so rather than being able to get a machine gun um basically he's got a, a membership card to an organization that will make sure that he's able to buy a machine gun when he's old enough mm, that joke may yep. not have aged well nope uh but for homer the uh, the the gift that is given is forgiveness which homer doesn't like very much yeah he because, wanted the chair uh, yeah he wanted the chair um it was and it's a case of yeah i'll call you brother and you can call me the same and we're square now and uh he's never hugged a man before so they they get this nice little heartfelt hug and then a truck pulls up behind him and he goes homer i bought you the damn chair <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts kissing him on the cheeks and everything and it's uh, <laughs> it's a real kind of it's wholesome in its simplicity of how easy homer is to influence on matters that matters of the heart as it were of like selfish desires but you know really simple mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh that's basically all we ever hear from herbert powell for the rest of the uh for the rest of the simpsons um i'm, I'm pretty sure he shows up again in like little one episode not one not even an episode like one scene stints i don't um, think he does and if you have the dvd the director's commentary for the dvd include about halfway through the episode they go we still didn't know what we were going to do with this episode we just wanted to wanted to get danny devito back <laughs> that's adorable yeah <laughs> Uh, um, this right. also seems to also prove that Herb is an exception to the uh, Simpsons gene. Yes, yes. Um, he's obviously smart enough, and obviously um, he has his uh, what would you call it? His uh, his self drive, which a lot of the other Simpsons gene sufferers seem to lose. I mean, actually, come to think of it, even Abe uh, Abraham Simpson uh, is a bit of an exception to the rule because a lot of his stupidity and well, senileness is um, is pretty much just because he's old. Because every time we flashback to him during the war and stuff he's pretty savvy yeah yeah i think um i think that might just be because it's the war and uh, it's fight for your life and your uh, your choice is to be your best self or die in uh in as many in as many terms it's not brought up as such but when he's shown to be like back being a family man he's shown to be much more of a piece of shit yeah but that's just kind of 50s men yeah and uh but yeah i guess i'll hand it over to you uh well before you do do you want to um if you can remember do you want to tell us what the chalk gag and the couch gag were for your episode Oh, there were two chalk gags. How come there were two? In America, it was I will not fake. I will not fake. I will not fake seizures. And in the UK, they replaced that with funny noises are not funny. Oh, okay. And the couch gag is um, the family all do cartwheels, including Maggie falling down. And when they get onto the couch, they all do a tada pose. Oh, fair enough. That's a bit simple, but it's also only season three. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Then what was your episode? All right, we're going to jump forward in time to May sixteenth, nineteen ninety. Mm. Series 10, episode 23. It's uh, It was technically the season finale. It's 30 minutes over Tokyo. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one that took the piss out of uh, Pokemon giving seizures to everyone by giving seizures to the entire family at the end. Yeah, a little. I, I do bring that up indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the talk gag for this one was, I'm so very tired. Not really particularly funny, but okay. And the, uh, the couch gag was, they all walked in, they sat on the couch, and they got shredded like a paper shredder. <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I was actually surprised rewatching this because a lot of the a, a good like third of the episode is set in Springfield. Yes, um, is this the one where they get the the things from? Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of a different episode. My bad. Uh, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, the episode starts with um, Lisa reading a magazine called Wired. Uh, on the front cover is what is clearly meant to be Bill Gates wearing a pair of underwear made up of like computer parts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Homer thinks it's weird. Uh, literally, he thinks the magazine's called Weird. Gets disappointed when it's Wired. Gives it back. Uh, turns out there's a new cyber cafe opening in Springfield called the Java Server. Ha ha ha. And uh, Lisa tries to get Homer to take him. Uh, take him. Take her. Uh, Homer's like, ah, the internet. That's still around. Uh, which you know, twenty in the year 2023, that joke's like the internet was never going to go away. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, not like not like text messaging. Oh yeah, yeah, that's useless. But um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Lisa tries to get him to take her by promising to show him how to order pizza via the internet, and Homer is rightfully not impressed. Um, however, Homer's then quickly run over because Bart says, and I quote, he knows a website which will show you monkeys doing it. <laughs> so yeah, um, we cut to the actual cafe itself. We've got a few jokes. Um, Bart is catfishing people, uh, specifically Lenny, and yes, I do mean Lenny this time. Uh, but, uh, you know, basically Bart's being a little shit on the internet, as you would expect him to be mm-hmm. uh, really is looking uh, at upkilt.com and gives a great gag which I definitely definitely went over my head at the time and that was uh, this last needs some groundskeeping <laughs> yeah uh, he then looks he then screams in horror as he goes hang on that's Willie <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Uh, Homer actually proves to be pretty adept at like browsing the internet. He's got two computers to himself, and he's uh, he's betting on things while also investing in corporations. Uh, he tells Lisa that he's just invested in something called News Corps, uh, or sorry, News Corp. Yeah. And Lisa goes, and, uh, "Wait, Dad, no, Dad that's Fox." Fox. <laughs> Uh, this is before they became what they are today. Like, they were still pretty bad, but they weren't um, the hate machine that they have been in the past 10 years. I'll have, yeah, I'll have to take your word on that one, but yeah. Well, it's because the the, the law of uh, impartial reporting got re- re- repealed, so Fox jumped on that and uh, carved out a niche for themselves. Yeah. We'll, we'll not dwell on Fox and their evil. Um, but yeah, uh, Homer ends up checking his bank account to make sure he still has something, and as it turns out, he has $1,200 left, $1,000. Which uh, isn't a lot, but it kind of was in 1999, so eh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Snake bursts in with his gun out because it's America and goes, Suckers, this is a hold up. And uh, yeah, happens to go straight to Homer, who has his banking app open and sees $1,200, and he downloads all of that money onto a floppy disk. Don't ask me how that works. <laughs> It's before USB. Yeah, but still, that's also not how you steal money from someone's bank account. I know. It's how it's how they make it look funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, a floppy disk, Rick. Mm. Not even a <laughs> CD-ROM. And this was 1999. They had those. Yeah, but they, we also knew back then that CD-ROMs took like 45 minutes to burn. Ah, which, um, I... which also would have been a pretty funny gag. Yeah, well... <laughs> Just sitting there waiting for it to burn while everyone else has got their, got their hands up and he has to keep putting his gun down to use both hands on the keyboard and people start doing something and he just picks up his gun again and waves at him again. Yeah, but rather weirdly is that uh, Snake then leaves after only robbing ho- 
Homer. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Homer goes back home. He he reveals to Marge what happened, and Marge is upset because that money was actually their vacation fund. Uh, Homer goes, "Don't worry, I'll get a second job if I have to to recoup the losses." Uh, said second job is robbing Ned. Yeah, <laughs> as it usually is. Yeah, he's he's stealing quite a few things, and then he ends up in the kitchen where Ned was just sitting down drinking milk in the dark because uh, Homer turns because uh, he turns on the light to startle Homer, and that Ned's just like, "Evening, neighbor, low on funds again." And uh, <laughs> yeah, he he gives him a bit of a speech. Uh, Homer looks a bit sad by the end, and uh, Ned teaches Homer that um, he himself has been low on money lately because the Leftorium isn't doing well because another left-handed store opened up right next door, as well as the fact that apparently Ned donates to eight different churches just to, and I quote, hedge their bets. Yeah, just in case like one denomination of Christianity is like true over the others. Yeah, which I think kind of defeats the point. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, so yeah, Homer helps himself to making a massive fucking sandwich as Ned tells him he doesn't have to steal and says that hey there's this seminar going on uh, we've got tickets that will teach you how to le- to, to um, save money and of naturally Homer steals the tickets <laughs> Uh, they they head to the seminar uh, on, on the way in it, it says bring your own chair so uh, yeah real money saving skimpers uh, they blame the mm-hmm. fat cats in the uh, in the business industry so it cuts to Mr. Burns who despite being rich is sitting in the audience of this money saving seminar who uh, b- yep, bemoans yep. being blamed for all of this and next to him is a legally distinct Mr. Monopoly who agrees before saying he needs to dart to the railroad and drives off in a Monopoly car yep <laughs> uh, the reason why I say it's uh, this predates the rich Texan as well, doesn't it? I don't think it would have done. Ten seasons. Sure. I don't know, maybe it did. I feel like they um I feel like they brought him in later just as an extra um rip person to sometimes be Mr. Burns' rival. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, because the Lock Less uh episode would have happened before now, and that also involved a different billionaire that was not uh the rich Texan. So yeah. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the reason why I say legally distinct Mr. Monopoly Mr. Monopoly uh, Mr. Monopoly is because despite looking exactly like him, apparently he was drawn distinct distinctly and differently enough that they didn't need to pay Hasbro to use him so <laughs> I like the idea that they just drew the Pringles man instead but because he wasn't selling Pringles they didn't have to pay Pringles and because it wasn't Mr. Monopoly they didn't have to pay, ha- pay Hasbro I don't think Pringles would give much of a fuck <laughs> um, but yeah Funny, funnily enough actually uh, Monopoly was one of the things that they did in the in my episode oh yeah and uh, Herb went bankrupt and as Homer was laughing at him he got another sock to the face yeah that one that one I could understand definitely considering the circumstances yep. but that being said that shit happens mm-hmm. during a normal game of Monopoly well it does. I've it learned does. something about myself today Rick I can't say Monopoly without preparing to say the word <laughs> Monopoly. But I did it both fucking times. That wasn't a bit. I just couldn't do it without thinking about it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Man, the thing that I always think about when um, one of us stumbles over our words is Trumopoline, Trabampoline. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is something you brought up both other Simpsons retros we've done. It's one of my favourite bits. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, the seminar goes on. Um, he, uh, the seminar giver uh, reveals secrets as to why he could live such a lavish lifestyle, uh, including a slight transphobic joke in which uh, he's got a bunch of sexy girls dancing around him. And he goes, you see those girls? They're actually men. And the whole audience goes, oh. Yeah. And it's like, oh. It was either actually or used to be. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, and like his yacht was uh, stinks faintly of cat pee. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't think the transphobic jokers age particularly well, but um, it, it happened. No, no. I will address it. Uh, that being said, it was very much overshadowed by a moment which I remember watching when I watched this episode first time because it freaked me the fuck out and made me feel so gross. And guess what? Watching it as a 30-year-old still made me feel gross. Um, yeah, the guy says you need to squeeze every pony. But pony? Fuck. Uh, penny. And uh, Homer takes out a penny and squeezes it. It then goes under his skin and then you watch it float up his arm and it made me literally fucking shiver. Oh, yes. I can see uh, I can see that happening. Oh, boy. Very Ooh. horrible visual, man. Very horrible. Um, the Simpsons end up shopping at the 33 cent store to save money, which, no lie, if that existed, I, existed, I would use. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, such products include Cool Ranch Soda, uh, That 70s Show Mugs, Marge's Dress, and two-year expired tins of plankton, at least according to Mexico. <laughs> Uh, they turn Homer purple when he eats it, and it's quite disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you and I, Rick, we both want to visit Japan someday for a really big, lengthy holiday and probably never go again. Uh, that So we both know that going to Japan is not a cheap holiday, to say the least. But don't worry, the no, seminar no. guy says you can get super, super cheap flights if you don't care where you go by just showing up at the airport and waiting for people to not show up for their flights. Why does he show up again? Well, he at least takes his own advice, and he's currently scrounging in the Simpsons bin for scraps of food. Ah, yes. <laughs> so yeah um, Homer wants to go to Jamaica while they're in the airport they all want to go different places but Homer dressed as a fucking Rasta is an incredibly funny visual <laughs> Uh, he's willing to pass on the flight to Japan until the Flanders look like they're actually going to get it um, so Homer basically take, leads the family sprinting towards the gate uh, by stealing a buggy because they want to spite the Flanderses uh, something odd here is the fact that the Flanders are already dressed up in kimonos which means they must have been planning to go to Japan yeah so <laughs> yeah so it's, it's a weird one where they're already dressed up for Japan but they were also taking the, the dude's advice of uh, you know waiting in the airport and just going wherever but I uh, I don't know. Maybe they just got lucky. Who knows? It's a cartoon. Don't need to overthink it. I just thought it was odd. Yep. Uh, um, do you say this was um, 1999? Correct. Was yeah. So yeah, before 9-11. So yeah, you could just rock up and go on whatever plane you wanted. Yeah. Oh, simpler times. Um, while on the uh, the plane, there's a bit of a racist joke where um, uh, Homer mentions if he wants to see Japanese people, he can just go to the zoo. And Marge is like, Homer! To which Homer goes, what? The guy who washes the elephant is Japanese. His name is Takashi. He's in my book club. Uh, which, you know, it's oh. like, Oh, actually, you're the racist ones for thinking he's racist, but come on, that's a racist as fuck joke to make. It is, yeah. Uh, the safety instructions for the flight are written in haiku form, which would drive me insane. Um, and Bart is told to turn off his Game Boy that's not a Game Boy because it's not safe, which, by the way, also dates how long ago this was because now you can just fucking play on whatever electronics you want. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, once he turns his Game Boy off, the plane starts plummeting and the stewardess starts screaming, No, turn it back on! Turn it back on! <laughs> <laughs> Man, I remember there was a, uh, a period of time where Kindles were also subject to that, and someone was like, oh man, so I've got to turn off my book. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't have the internet, because it looks like things that other people have that they do have to turn off. Yeah, yeah. But now airplane mode exists, so thank God. Uh, it's also one of those mm -hmm, where, mm -hmm. like, there's been one of those study sort of things where, um, like, they've proven that technically speaking, electronics never technically interfered with anything, but there's a non-zero percent chance 
chance that it might interfere with um, some of the uh, monitoring uh, devices in the cockpit. And if that happened, yeah, then like the, the black box or something. If that happened and the pilot wasn't savvy enough, it might cause issues. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a fun gag when they when the plane lands where the pilot goes, oh, "Welcome to Japan, folks. The local time is tomorrow." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the Simpsons stay at the Royal Tokyo Hotel now with 20% more bowing, and once inside, every door is made of po paper, and Homer always just walks right through them. Yes. <laughs> uh, interesting to note is he instantly goes to the bathroom to which the toilet talks to him which I don't know about you Rick but that just seems to be a trope in every single western cartoon ever when they go to Japan is look their toilets talk to you yeah like you got these like really powerful toilets with supercomputers in them that go I am pleased to accept your waste or something like that yeah and it's just like it's not true (laughs) (laughs) There, there might be a few places that have fancy toilets but like a lot of places just have toilets and the only fancy thing about them is they have bidets <laughs> yeah like um they even did it recently on south park where randy gets a japanese toilet okay and uh, and as he's like showing off to all of his friends how amazing the japanese toilet is um when he starts to go up on stage and talk about it he then gets threatened by big toilet paper and uh, has to retract everything he said because he has had an attempt made on his life by big toilet paper to stop people from using japanese toilet okay as if you can't just buy a bidet for 40 quid and install it yourself yeah like the, i think the main reason why some people don't use bidets is because they just don't like the feeling and that's fine yeah yeah and it's difficult to um the ones that make it warm are more than a few quid <laughs> oh jesus christ i still remember in japan when i took my first shit i was like <laughs> i was like um uh, i've never used a bidet this will be interesting so i spread my cheeks i pressed the bidet button and the bidet was not particularly powerful or anything to write home about so it squirted up and it just meant i had to wipe my ass where with, with toilet paper but the toilet paper was not entirely effective because my ass was now wet so it just instantly yep. soaked through and I was like this is the worst invention ever <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus and I had, I had to wash my hands like three times after because I didn't feel clean yeah, uh, yeah. that's one of the worst things when you're um, <laughs> when the toilet paper fails and uh, you end up getting a, uh, a Nutella dib dab like the first thing I did in Japan was literally buy a six pack of toilet roll from the 7-Eleven yes because I was like yes, I, yes, yes. It's, I, I want to try bidets but if they don't work we need bog roll yep. anyway uh, <laughs> speaking of shitting uh, Bart turns on the TV only to watch Homer end up taking a shit um, because there's a camera inside the toilet for some reason um, is this an immature joke yes but my god I laughed really hard at hearing the rest of the family just screaming <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, they look out the window and spy several um, several Japanese famous Japanese spy- sites like the Meiji Shrine and the uh, the Emperor's Garden. The, sorry, the Imperial Gardens and uh, the Hello Kitty Factory, which, as they uh, gloss past, it implies they incinerate cats, which really made me laugh. But apparently, it really pissed off the creator of Hello Kitty. Um, <laughs> so I can't blame them for getting mad at that. But at the same time, come on. Mm, mm. Uh, we then get the legendary gag that you mentioned earlier of the battling seizure robots cartoon uh it's a parody of that one episode of pokemon that's never aired since uh deno senshi polygon if you're curious yeah yeah the uh porygon's electric boogaloo yeah which is essentially what that episode was was a red and blue flashing light but it flashed so fucking fast it caused at least 600 children in japan to be uh hospitalized with seizures and porygon gets all the shit for this but it was actually pikachu that made it happen well no the animators made it happen rick (laughs) 
Well, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of those where that episode has never been aired since and has never been aired outside of Japan because, you know, they're not psychopaths. Yep, yep. Uh, it's one of, uh, one of many banned episodes from Gen 1, including the uh, the one where James has giant inflatable breasts and the one where um, the park ranger threatens all of the heroes with a gun. I just thought that was a shopkeeper, but okay. Um, but yeah, the whole family is struck by seizures, except for Homer, who walks in on everyone's seat spazzing out, basically, and he just shrugs and joins, joins in. in. <laughs> Uh, that being said, when the episode starts up again after the ad break, it does affect Homer and they all start seizuring again. It's a silly joke, but hey-ho. Uh, apparently this led to a lot of complaints because people didn't find it funny, but fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, they head to America Town, which is a restaurant taking the piss out of America, um, which is a double great gag because not least that you and I both know at this point, Rick, that Japan, certain as- uh, elements of Japan fantasize America more so than America. Americans do Japan. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You've got so absolutely. many, like, there's that joke of be the American Japan thinks you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Marge's, Marge's argument for going there is she wants to see the Japanese take on a club sandwich, which I totally get because, and again, I will mention it because I will mention it all the time I can. Uh, when I was in Japan with my buddy, we went past an, and I quote, English style pub and it had fish mm-hmm. and chips written down the sign outside and I was like, I'm hella curious as to what they think fish and chips is meant to be like. Um, yep. However, we didn't yep. end up going in because we'd have to have hung around to evening and we couldn't be bothered. But yeah, uh, so I get it. You know, who doesn't want to see a local, uh, you know, a foreign spin on one of your local dishes? Like even American fish and chips. Like we went to an Irish bar in America and their take on fish and chips was um, they had like three or four mini fillets of fish rather than, you know, one big one. And uh, their way of making it British was that they took a photocopy of uh, a newspaper from the past and printed it onto greaseproof paper and served it in that. Which is really funny because even our fucking chippies don't wrap things in newspaper anymore. No. <laughs> it's just, it's the same uh, recycled paper shit, but, you know, they don't use actual newspapers anymore. Yeah, because that's kind of unsanitary. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, once in America Town, uh, they um, they get a server who acts like an over-the-top stereotypical American with the words Uncle Yankee Cola in English written on his shirt and a cowboy hat. <laughs> uh, the tables are also arranged like the states of America and are in the shapes of said states, which, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. If there was a restaurant with this gimmick, I'd probably go to it. I mean, I kind of do because I go to Smith & Weston's regularly enough. Sure. Uh, outside, uh, they're walking along. Homer buys a square of watermelon for the equivalent of $150. Uh, of course, it immediately turns back into a cer- into a sphere in his hand and he drops it. Yep. <laughs> uh, we then gloss past a, a bit of a fun piss take on how almost every celebrity has done an adver- advertisement in Japan. Um, it then immediately gets less fun because it's actually Woody Allen doing the um, doing the ad- a- advertisement. Uh, his last words are, oh, what did I do to deserve this? And then he goes, oh, right. And I was like, wait, what did Woody Allen do? So I googled it. Um, so in 1992, a good seven years before this episode aired uh, he allegedly sexually molested his adoptive daughter at the age of seven um, he, oh boy he, no. he has always denied these claims and nothing has been proven but it's public information so there you go that's what the gag was which ooh. Uh, that's not libel yeah, or slander because it's just there. If you Google Woody Allen, it's the first thing that comes up. Man, uh, that's uh, that's pretty grim. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. 
the Simpsons end up watching sumo. Uh, Homer's got a pretzel in his hand, and he goes up to um, up to the sumo wrestler. And uh, yeah, the sumo wrestler wants his pretzel, so they <laughs> they have a bit of a tussle over said pretzel. Uh, Homer's getting destroyed, so he tags in Bart, who whacks the sumo wrestler over the head with a wooden chair. Uh, I, Give him the chair. Yeah, I'd say this was a fun mix of uh, East meets West as far as entertainment goes. But if you didn't know, Japan are big fucking wrestling nerds as well, so it's not even that. Oh, totally. Uh, after the bout, the then Emperor of Japan, Akihito, congratulates uh, Homer, only for Homer to announce himself as Emperor Klobosaurus and, <laughs> and chuck the Emperor of Japan into a sumo wrestler jockstrap bin. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this is a this is a funny joke. It's very funny. It's a great visual. However, this episode is still banned in Japan to this day because they consider it incredibly disrespectful. Yeah. This episode uh, has never aired in Japan. the line twice humor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! As yeah. as an aside, seeing as we're on the topic, it's also banned in China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, and uh, it's it was also banned originally in South Korea uh, due to South Korea's stance on restricting Japanese culture on TV. Uh, if you're wondering why they do that, just look up South Korean history and uh, Japan's war crimes, and uh, you'll find mm-hmm. out very quickly why not. Uh, it's been unbanned since about 2007 because South Korea's lacks that policy. But yeah, uh, so this episode's actually yeah, been totally. banned in countries. Just saying. Mm. Uh, naturally, Bart and Homer are jailed because they threw the emperor in a bin. Uh, the jail cell they're in is very nice. Uh, Homer is uh, pouring and drinking tea while um, Bart paints Mount Fuji. Uh, they're bailed out almost yep. immediately by Marge with Homer announcing he can't take another minute in this hellhole only for him to quickly scoff down a bowl of rice and then bow to three pretty, ge- pretty geishas before leaving. <laughs> Uh, it's also revealed that right next to the metal bar door that's been opened is the regular paper walls that they've been using, and Homer predictably just walks straight through it, showing he could have escaped at any time. Yep. <laughs> uh, when strolling through Japan, they announced that um, they had to do kabuki, origami, and meditation while in jail, and Homer then asks in perfect Japanese, should they share the secret of inner peace in, uh, to Bart? To it, Bart responds in Japanese in kind, saying, no, they are foreign devils, uh, which is a bit of a nice, uh, a nice little jab. <laughs> But uh, Japan xenophobia there. Yep. Which, oh man. Uh, yeah. uh, Lisa wants to see at least one authentic Japanese thing before leaving. Uh, so Homer takes their last one million uh, yen bill and folds it into a paper crane. Uh, he gives it to Lisa, who holds it for all of two seconds before it gets blown away, leaving the Simpsons with absolutely no money. Now, as an aside, Rick, I did more research than none here, and I googled how much one hundred one hundred, uh, how much one dollar was worth in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, in May nineteen ninety nine, the dollar was worth 122.08 yen. Uh, so according mm-hmm. to my maths, which admittedly is a bit shit, that is $8,191.35. Yep. Rick? Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's a lot of money just to uh, have on one bill. Well, Rick, I'll, uh, I'll go on further for you, which is a bit of a plot hole of the episode in my opinion. They had $1,200 in their bank account that got stolen by Snake, and then they had to scrimp and save to get this tri- this discount trip to Japan. And this was their last million dollars, uh, sorry, this, this was their last million yen which was which the... means that they would have had more than one million yen <laughs> yeah yeah which means yeah they had at least 16 grand that they could that they just had to play with outside of getting robbed by snake yeah <laughs> um it doesn't quite add up but yeah um expensive mistake so yep uh, they actually go to the American embassy and they're like, don't worry, Mr. Simpson, we'll do everything possible to get you out of this jam. And what they're talking about is the fact that Homer is uh, stuck inside a security detector. 
So they, they push him through and it's just like, okay, so how do we get home? And it's like, beats me, why don't you guys get a job? And okay, uh, that's not how... Em- uh, again, it's to prolong the episode and it's for funnies. That's not how that works. Is this the one where Bart gets the job of knife goes in and guts come out? They all get that job. But yes, yes, it's one of those where... um I, I don't know how the actual thing works, but if you're in a country illegally or can't get home, they will usually just put you on a flight home, assuming you haven't yep. broken the law because they don't want you there. Also, if you're in Japan on a tourist visa, you can't earn any income. No, no. Any country, if you're on a tourist visa, you can't work there. Yeah, you've got to get um, different kind of visa if you want to have any form of um, employment. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like, um, oh, God, sorry. There was like a once-in-a-lifetime visa that you, could, that you could get from certain countries at a certain time, and that was what Kiara was on. And then uh, COVID happened, so she basically couldn't use the visa. All she, got, all she was able to use it for was uh, earning money while streaming. Fair which, enough. you know, she could have done from home and now does so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, we go to the fish factory. They got, they've moved from Tokyo to Osaka. They're at the Osaka mm-hmm. Fish Processing Plant. And yeah, uh, their job is gutting fish where they're literally knee-deep in fish and they're, they're gutting them. And uh, I, I, you've already brought it up, Rick, but I absolutely love the go- the gag of knife goes in, guts come out. <laughs> Uh, and Bart is really good at it yeah Bart's really good at it it's it's the kind of thing um, I'm assuming it's like fishing where you just do the task and turn off your brain that's why Bart's good at it here's a fun fact Rick is um, biologically speaking now uh, apparently that is an ability that is more often found in men than women yeah Uh, Um, like it's not it's not entirely exclusive to men and not all women don't have it but the um, I can't remember the exact percentages but a lot more men have the ability than women do and obviously some men lack the ability um where um the ability to just like think about nothing yeah you just Um, you're doing a repetitive boring task and your brain just turns off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um i I think i first heard about this in in a louis ck gag of all things (laughs) yeah fair enough um they cut to the osaka um mandated sing-song bit and it's a giant squid gutting itself yeah (laughs) Uh, they they show an advertisement for a game show called the super family happy wish show uh, it's hosted by our guest star, oh, yeah. George Takai. Or is it Takei? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, you, you can say whichever, I think. I think people normally say Takei, but... Uh... Yeah, he he stars as the host of the show, Wink, who... I don't know about you, Rick, but I smile every time I hear George Takei's voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, while they're introducing the show, we get the, quite frankly, legendary line of your show's reward knowledge, ours, punish, ignorance. Yep. Uh, having watched and, Takeshi's... Uh, yeah, they get go- punished a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, having watched Takeshi's Castle growing up, boy does it but if you've ever seen actual game shows in Japan a lot of them are fucked up yeah they are uh, but yeah er- but you get electric shocked for nothing because <laughs> it's f- not for nothing because it's funny um, yep. punishments early on including a flamethrower to the face and being sprayed by a skunk um, mm. the very first game they have to play is whack the pinata which is actually just Homer in a pig costume um, they all apologise when uh, they realise that it was Homer uh, they, they, they tell Homer that they will let him down uh, provided he can answer a question about Japan to which Homer asks is the answer Japan, to which Wink reveals, actually it is, and then he goes behind the curtain and yells angrily in Japanese at some people. Uh, they go to the lightning round, which is Homer attached to Tokyo Tower and is struck by lightning several times. Uh, we get a cutaway to Mo's Tavern, where they're like, hey, isn't that Homer on the Japanese channel? And Mo goes, huh, wait, if that's Homer, who's been putting beer on his tab? And we widen to reveal a uh, Barney in the shittest cosplay ever, just going, uh, do, uh, and then several other Homer catchphrases before going very weakly, oh, that boy ain't right, uh, before running away. <laughs> 
So yeah, this Man. this would have probably predated Family Guy for by quite a bit. So I guess King of the Hill was the only other thing they could take the piss out of, right? Yeah, uh, like, even if Family Guy was around, it would feel like punching down. Oh, Whereas, definitely. Uh, King of the on. Hill was already established. Yeah, King of the Hill always seemed like the more adult-oriented thing, even though it really wasn't. I think it was though, because as kids, it was a lot harder to appreciate King of the Hill because we weren't in the mindset of Hank. Whereas as a kid, you can be in the mindset of Homer because he's stupid. Well, I was gonna going to say more along the lines of the art style is more realistic, you know? True, that too. Yeah, anyway. Um, the last task is to get the tickets from atop a rickety bridge in a volcano. Homer asks, why are you so cruel? Only for the audience to laugh at him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lisa, being the lightest, goes on the bridge, almost gets the tickets, except Wink cuts the bridge like a dick. Marge dashes across the bridge to save Lisa, then Homer rushes in, so they form a even longer bridge by keeping each other afloat. Um, Bart then goes, oh no, the tickets! Uh, so he runs up, uses the family as a bridge and grabs the tickets only for the entire family to fall into the lava. Uh, the lava's drained into the studio and uh, Wink reveals that, um, uh, don't worry, it's just harmless orange aid loaded with wasabi. <laughs> uh, Spicy orange aid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Homer, uh, Homer's almost crying from the pain, grinning at stings. Uh, speaking of Homer, once they're about to leave, uh, he gives a really heartfelt speech ending it with for shame. Uh, the Wink and yeah, the Japanese yeah. audience all hang their head in shame and look quite sad for all of 10 seconds and then they talk about what who's going to get uh, put through the shame ringer next week <laughs> uh, better than that Wink announces the next contestants which are happening right now and it's a Canadian couple being showered in scorpions <laughs> yeah that's the one yeah uh, <laughs> Wink laughs his ass off while saying yes yeah, sting those Canucks and we then cut to Homer who's watching backstage and laughs at them making his speech entirely moot yes yes uh, cool the very last thing that happens is the Simpsons leave on their plane. They experience some mod moderate Godzilla-related turbulence at the time. Uh, the, the plane is in uh, Big G's hand, and the pilot announces that he usually does let go once they reach 35,000 feet. Uh, they only have to worry about Mothra, who they are. Uh, they, they say Mothra is he, but Mothra's always a girl, so mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna pick up on that because I'm a Godzilla nerd. Fuck you. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like, here's the thing. Matt Groening knows this as well, because uh, he puts um, Mothra in his comics when he does the, the daily ones for Life in Hell. Oh, fair enough. Um, but yeah, uh, they, they don't have to worry about Mothra because she is currently tied up with both Gamera and Rodan, so smooth sailing. Yep. Uh, the end scene, all four mentioned Kaiju on the ground, shaking their paws, or the equivalent thereof, at the uh, retreating plane. Uh, for the millionth time, I'm always going to bring up this fact in that the only time we've ever seen Gamera and Godzilla on the same screen at the same time is this stupid joke at the end of a random episode of The Simpsons. Yep. <laughs> Uh, both both are the flagship kaiju of rival companies. Uh, as an aside, Gamera is the worst as far as comparing it to the actual design that they use in films. But it's a, it's a wacky little cartoon throwaway gag, so it's fine. Um, yeah, you just make him a turtle in this, don't they? Yeah, well, he is basically just a turtle, but yeah, it, it's a bit more. Yeah, but he's a big one. <laughs> yeah, uh, they also make him like weirdly purple in in, in the Simpsons, yeah. which he's not. But hey ho, diddly do. Mm -hmm. uh, the episode ends on Godzilla's roar, and then the ending sequence is actually the ending sequence of battle seizure robots as opposed to the, the, the normal ending yes yes it was wasn't it it was just the robot just flying through space and it's just the seizure it's not even flying through space it's just its face <laughs> uh, but yeah it was a fun overall episode I wasn't really aware of much Japanese culture when this first aired uh, besides Pokemon so a lot of the 
references flew over my head. I got a lot more this time round, and a lot of it was pretty decent parody. Uh, there's some jokes that Mr. Mark, uh, mild, because of mild racism and the transphobic one came out of fucking nowhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the only no, saving no. grace is, especially with the transphobic one, is I don't think they meant to be offensive to anyone, but in, in, I don't think the intent was malicious, but that's not the point, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, the fact that the, um, not the start of the time, like, what was acceptable at the time doesn't mean, doesn't excuse it. Oh. It's like the old, um, disclaimer that they put at the front of all the Disney shows of things were made with different values that may not be reflected in, uh, today's society, but we preserved it the way that it was made for posterity. Yeah, which, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't think you should ever censor stuff. Um, well, okay, that's a bit of an extreme, but, you know, I think whenever there's something that's questionable or uses the morals of the time, it is much better to keep the thing and just have a warning at the front saying, look, this was a different time, this is how it was, it's probably going to get under your skin, but we're, yeah. ke- we're keeping it for the sake of preserving it in its original form rather than censoring stuff because we're not a bunch of pussies. Yeah, even though this character is meant to be a hero, they have views that would be alike, alike to a villain of these days. I don't, well, I don't think it's ever been that extreme, they've just had questionable views, you know? You don't become a villain just because you think one thing, you know? True enough. Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, I think we picked two stellar episodes of The Simpsons today, Rick. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. (laughs) So, uh, are we going to do MVPs in this? I don't think we do. I don't remember, but it'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? It would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? So, if you like the episode, you've got the comment section down below on YouTube, and if you're listening via one of the many audio platforms, you've got the email address to which you can send comments, requests, and any other thought that might pop into your head. Where would they send such an email to? NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com Once again, for those in the back, it is NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com Yeah, and as always, if you made it this far, you are our favourite people, and it's going to be a goodbye from me. And it's going to be a goodbye from me. Join us next time, guys. Bye!